Hi everybody. Apologies for a slightly shorter episode this month. I have been suffering with a cough that I can't get rid of for weeks and I'm sick of it. But basically it stops me reading for a prolonged period of time. So regardless, I hope you enjoy the episode and we'll be back with a normal length one very, very soon. It is 1897. The first editor of Autocar, Henry Sturmey, has just become the first person to drive from John O'Groats in Caithness to Land's End in Cornwall in a Daimler motor car designed to his exact specifications. It was a journey of 929 miles and it took them nearly three weeks to reach their destination and they never drove on a Sunday, heaven forfend. It was in all the papers. He took a mechanic with him recruited from the Daimler company because he didn't know how to drive the car. So exactly what his exact specifications were are a mystery. Henry Sturmey was a coward. This is Scotland, a podcast about history and where we made it. I'm Michael Park. Lizzie Burroughs Murison waves frantically piercing the men of the motor car syndicate of Paisley with her dark, intense eyes. They don't think she can do it. Hell, maybe she can't do it. But she'll be damned if she's not going to give it a right good go. She dispels their clouded expressions with a cheeky spark of a smile as the crank kicks the mocar's engine into life. She says her goodbyes in her broad Kilkenny accent. And the car, little more than a buggy without the horse, putters off down the road, heading north. Kilkenny, the attentive amongst you might have noticed, isn't in Scotland, but the Kilkenny moderator, who interview her on the road, refer to her as a daughter of the Emerald Isle. For some reason, this starts a correspondence war with the Glasgow Evening Times, the kind of thing that if it happened today, would be carried out entirely in quote retweets to invite a pylon. With reference to your paragraph about this Irish girl's motor car drive from Land's End to John O'Groats, the name Morrison, or Merison, as it is sometimes called in Aberdeen Awah, is not exactly suggestive of Irish origin. And you may take it from me that the girl who accomplished the feat referred to is Scottish by birth and parentage. She has, however, spent a number of years with her people in the south of Ireland, a circumstance that no doubt sufficiently accounts for the adjective your contemporaries and yourself apply to her. Signed, Glasgow Evening Times. So there you go. Stop thinking I'm cheating. Lizzie didn't drive for a living. Very few people did in 1903, unless you were someone's driver. There were no standardised tests. They wouldn't come around until 1935, and the fact that the first person to pass their driving test in the UK was called Mr Bean is completely by the by. So this gregarious, outgoing woman barely in her twenties, who had driven an Arrow Johnston dog cart a few times while on holiday in Paisley, the 1903 equivalent of taking your pal's Vauxhall Nova for a couple of goes round a car park, hears about the unfortunate luck of the motor car syndicate of Paisley. Over breakfast in the morning paper one day, she reads that the unfortunate representatives have taken their new mocars all the way down to the Crystal Palace 1000 mile reliability trial 
organised by the Automobile Club of Great Britain, only to arrive slightly late and miss the registration. This was a spanner in the works for the syndicate, who had only just recovered from a major fire that had torn through their plant at Kamlachie a couple of years before. If they were unable to prove that their dog cart design was reliable, they'd struggle to shift any cars, and if they struggled to shift any cars, then their business would break down, come to a skidding halt. The, the wheels would come off. I'm done, I'm sorry. For Lizzie, sitting hundreds of miles away enjoying a nice little break in Paisley, you'd think that that would be that. But within hours she was on a train to London with an idea. She would offer to drive the car part of the way back to Paisley. A wee jaunt. The gentleman of the syndicate said yes. As long as she took the car to Land's End and drove it to John O'Groats from there. Not as wee a jaunt, but Lizzie was right up for it. And usually, this is the moment where I tear the veneer of joy away from you and tell you that something horrible happened to Lizzie and her passengers on that road from one end of Britain to the other. But it didn't. She nailed it. Lizzie and the little car that could arrive at the stunning John O'Groats House Hotel, having covered 920-odd miles in just five days, averaging 180 miles a day and covering 213 on one in order to get to their stop for the night. All of this in a car that was completely open to the elements and on roads that were in many cases barely suitable for horses. Lizzie scalp it on through muck and mire, despising wind and rain and, well, fog. She was the first woman to drive from Land's End to John O'Groats, and probably the fastest person to do it even though she wasn't really trying. And what did she do with all this newfound fame? Nothing. She continued with her holiday. You've been listening to Scotland. It was written and produced by me, Michael Park, and is a production of Be Quiet Media. Additional voices in this episode were by David Allen. The music for every episode of Scotland is by our very own car trouble, Mitch Bain. You can check out more of his work at mitchbain.bequiet.media. You can find out more about the show and read transcripts on our website, scotlandpodcast.net, and we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram too. Find us by searching Scotland, a Scottish history podcast. Thanks for listening. Look after each other. We'll see you next time.